Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. This is New York Game Day, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Infinity, discover more about the luxury and performance of an Xfinity QX60 crossover at XfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com. Hour three, New York game day here on 98.7 ESPN. I want to remind you, Sebastian Maniscalco, comedian, coming to Madison Square Garden on Friday, December 20th and Saturday, December 21st. ESPN New York has your chance to score tickets. The ESPNNewYork.com on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to contest, submit your entry, brought to you by Live Nation. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Also, this portion of the show, again, brought to you by... Bet 365, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet 365. 800-919-3776. Before we get to our locks of the week, let's go to Clay. Clay, welcome in. Good morning. Anita, distinguished panel, great show. Love your shows on the weekend. Um, First of all, Dayball being a quarterback guru is a scam. Come on, if he could really fix quarterbacks, the guy would be a billionaire. The most Precious thing in sports is an NFL quarterback, and now backups, too. Now to the game last night with the 49ers, Packers. I guess the 49ers brought their great, really great two-down offense to the game yesterday. First down, they do nothing. Second and third down, they pray something happens. Fourth down, they punt. Um, Listen, three weeks off. The 49ers rested a lot of their starters in the last week of the season. Um, three weeks off, you start getting rust, all right, no matter what. But but on the professional level, now in the top levels of football you're seeing now in these playoff games, a split second is a big difference of rust. And when you have rust on you and it's raining out, it's a, it's a, it's really bad news for your team. And the, listen, it's life is not fair. Sports is not fair. But the the best team, the 49ers, who are the number one seed, were a rusty team last night. It's the way I looked at it. Purdy was not on. I mean, they did lose a player. They did lose uh, Samuel. But that doesn't matter. You still should be able to go. So three weeks off, too much rust. And I just look at it this way, too. Um, with the championship game next week, they should win that game. But if they don't get their team running and, and playing the way it should and free up some plays on defense, the defensive line has got to do a little better. They are awesome, but they got to do better with the 49ers and go Buchanan, go. Clay, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, I just, like a money, and, and I said earlier, I, I saw some warts I don't like. Um, you know, I, I again, I don't. I understand why the forty why the forty niners are still favored because uh, chances are you know when you look at the next matchup whether it's Detroit or the Bucks a lot easier than Kansas City or the Bills but I still think the Ravens are are the better team so there is that uh, it is now time for locks of the week Anita's three locks of the week. All right. Again, uh, as I said earlier, went three and zero last week, so we're thirty two and seventeen on the season, Amani, which means we're sixty five percent. I like it a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Um, <laughs> so excited about that. Uh, did well. Uh, let let let's look back to yesterday. I'm all about the teasers. Uh, mm-hmm. In in at, at this point in time. Um, I do believe games, especially in these these four games that were on the slate this weekend, are were, were and are going to be close. 
um, except, of course, the Ravens game, which I, I teased the Ravens down to three. I teased the Green Bay Packers up to plus 14 and a half, plus 15 in some places. So you won. So, so I won. I won with a bunch of prop bets as well. So I'm heading into Sunday with house money, which is always good. And I'm going to continue to tease. So my first lock of the week is I'm going to tease. Hold on. I just want to make sure we get the lines right. So right now the Bucks are plus six. So I'm going to tease the Bucks up to plus 12. Okay. okay. They're eight and they're eight and one against the spread on the road. Mm-hmm. So and so that trend if you want to believe in it, works with the six. So why not? I'll add another six to that. Baker has covered four straight as a dog. Uh, and this Rams defense, this Rams offense looked very good against this suspect Lions defense. The Bucks are healthy. They've only allowed one touchdown over the last 10 quarters. I think uh, Todd Bowles is going to be blitz happy, which is going to make golf uncomfortable. So I do believe the Lions win, but I think the Bucks keep this close. So I'm going to go Bucks plus six, and then I'm going to align that with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to tease the Chiefs up to plus nine. Why? Okay. Patrick Mahomes, eight and one against the spread. The first time these two teams played each other, the Bills had the rest advantage and Kansas City was more injured, right? Mm-hmm. This time, Kansas City has the rest advantage and the Bills are injured. Cornerbacks and linebackers, uh, I think it's going to be hard-pressed uh, to contain Patrick Mahomes. Also, the Bills punter, Sam Martin, is playing with a bum hamstring. Uh, how accurate will he be? And when it comes to special teams, which at this point in time in the season, sometimes games come down to it, uh, Butker, I think, is the better field goal kicker for uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, so I'm going to play a two-way teaser. The Bucks up to 12, and the Kansas City Chiefs up to plus nine. So both those things have to hit in order for me to win. Agree or disagree with my lock one. Lock one is the bucks up the bucks to plus 12. So I, so the bucks get, so the game starts. Yeah. And the bucks so here's the thing. The, if, if the, the, here's the thing. The bucks can lose, but they can only lose by less than 12 points. Gotcha. Yeah. The Kansas city chiefs can lose, but they could only lose by less than nine points. And both those things have to happen in order for me to win. Okay. I mean, I, I, I like that. I definitely like that. I think the, I think the Chiefs and the Detroit are both going to win. Because so, um, I just don't believe in the Buffalo Bills. Um, I got to see it. And I haven't seen them win, win big games uh, when it really counts. It's, it's, it's funny. They just seem like they're a snake-bitten team. I mean, the four Super Bowls that they lost, the way in which they lost the AFC Championship a couple years ago uh, when they took the lead with, I don't know, under a minute left, and then they lost it with under a minute left. Uh, this, this is a team that, uh, man, they, they find a way to, to, to come up short in the, in the, in the big-time games. And I, I, just, I just like the story about the Detroit Lions, man. I, I love Dan Campbell as a person, as a coach, and uh, Detroit is so hungering for something positive out of their professional football sport, professional uh, football teams, team that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what what uh, what the Lions are going to do. Hopefully, they will win. But I, I like your teasers. I think they're they're pretty good. I think they're they're e- I think you're easy wins actually for you. Ooh, easy. I like that. All right, so that's lock number one. Lock number two. I'm just going to roll the, with the trend, and I shared it with you guys earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and that's the second half under of the Kansas City Bills game at 22 and a half, which means. Okay. The, the total score at the end of the second half, okay, has to be under 22 and a half points. So it, it, it has to be 22 points or less. 
combined score of the second half with Kansas City and the Bills. Again, Kansas City, the under the, the second half under is hitting 16 of 18, averaging only 15 points. Bills at home, second half under has hit in eight of 10 games for the Bills at home, averaging 18 points. Both these teams, top five in second half points allowed from their defenses. And the first time, or should I say the last time these two teams played each other on December 10th, only a combi- combined 16 second half points. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with this trend and mm-hmm. I'm going to go Kansas City Bills second half under at 22 and a half. Thoughts? Ooh, I think that's tough because I think this game is going to have a lot of. Uh, they're gonna, I think they're going to be scoring a lot of points because I don't know. I just feel like these two quarterbacks late in the game they're going to find a way to make some crazy stuff happen and um, just like last time when they traded the lead three times back with uh, I'm under a minute left. I think it's going to be something like that. So I I, I don't know I don't like this one as much. You don't so gonna, again I'm I'm rolling with a trend. It's yeah. okay. You don't have to like it, but I am I am rolling with a trend. Yeah. And um and so I, I'm actually I'm going I love these two prop bets. So I'm going to give out four picks this week. I know okay. typically we only do three. I'm going to give out four. Bonus. And so yeah. So let's start first and foremost. Uh, let's start with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm going to go over. 245 and a half passing yards. Okay, Baker Mayfield over 245 and a half passing yards. Again, this is the Detroit Lions secondary. They give up 352 passing yards. Um, that's that's what teams are averaging, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford almost passed for 400. Gave up 411 to Nick Mullins. 345 to Dak Prescott. And I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is as good as Dak Prescott or Matthew Stafford, but, I, but I'll but i tell you what, he is gripping and ripping it. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Much more difficult to run against the Lions than it is to pass. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Godwin. So my first uh, prop bet that I like that I'm going to give you is Baker Mayfield over 245 and a half passing yards against the Detroit Lions today. Thoughts? I like it. I think the Detroit Lions have they have a problem with their secondary and they have a problem with their pass defense. And Baker Mayfield, with all the weapons, I think he he's a guy that's gonna I feel is gonna come up big this weekend as well. So I, I like that prop bet. I, I I'm, I'm I'm rocking with you on that one. And last but not least, Isaiah Pacheco over fifty nine and a half rushing yards. It's around this time that Andy Reid does start running the ball more. I think Pacheco is going to be a tone setter. He surpassed this number in four of his last five games. And Pacheco likes to run up the middle of the line through the, the, the one in the zero hole. Mm-hmm. The Bills 28th in the NFL against the rush through the interior of the line. So I think this is a really good matchup for Pacheco. Over 59 and a half rushing yards. What say you? Easy over 59. I feel like he is one of the, his emergence pretty much helped them win the Super Bowl a couple years uh, last year. And his emergence is pretty much uh, balanced out this offense with, you know, because it was just Travis Kelsey and the receivers were dropping the ball a lot. Now they have another option with this with the strong run game. I like it a lot. I, I think this one is another easy, easy win right there for you. Love it. Love it. So, again, uh, just to recap, locks of the week, uh, I'm going to play a two way six point teaser and teasing the Bucks up to plus 12, the Kansas City Chiefs up to plus, plus nine. Both those things have to hit in order for that win to cash. Uh, I'm going to go with the second half under 
at 22 and a half in the Kansas City Chiefs Bills game. Okay, and then two prop bets for you. Baker Mayfield over 245 and a half passing yards and Isaiah Pacheco over 59 and a half rushing yards. So you've got four locks of the week heading into the final two games of the division round NFL playoffs this weekend. So good luck with that. Uh, Quick break. We come back. We'll have Amani's keys to the Kansas City Bills game. Also, Amani, I want to look big picture who you have winning and and so on and so forth, how you think you know the AFC and NFC championship games are going to play out and what we can expect in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. We'll do all that, and we'll continue with your calls, 800-919-3776. We have Rich Semini, who's going to be joining us around 1030, so still a lot more coming your way. New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Welcome back. ESPN New York presents an evening with Garrett Wilson, an intimate event in the Big Apple with the Jet Star wide receiver. Your chance to score passes to this exclusive event, including food and beverage. Go to ESPNNewYork.com, find the contest page on the ESPN New York app, and submit your entry. An evening with Garrett Wilson, brought to you by Corona and Sansone Auto Mall. Uh... Amani, uh, Garrett Wilson changed his jersey number from 17 to 5 this week, and so there's a lot of talk and speculation that that's going to open up the door for Devontae Adams to come here to New York uh, now that the number 17 is available. Reading too much into it or not? Yeah, you're reading too much into it. I mean, it could be for any reason. What number did he have in Ohio State? I don't remember. Yeah, 5. That was it. He had 5 at Ohio State. that, That might be as simple as that. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? All right. Well, we'll, we'll ask Rich Samini about it. He's going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, you gave us your locks, or not your locks, your keys to the game mm-hmm. for the Bucks lions game. Let's do your keys to the game to the Kansas City and the Bills. What do Kansas City Chiefs need to do today uh, to walk away with a victory? First of all, they need to catch the ball. I mean, there's, there's going to be opportunities for these wide receivers and tight end group to make a, a bunch of big plays. They have to catch the ball. And uh, if that's not the case, um, then they're going to have a, a tough time, especially up in uh, with the weather conditions 
there's not going to be many opportunities to. Uh, it's it's going to it's not going to be many opportunities, especially with a defense as uh, effective as the Buffalo Bills. So I mean, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a game where they're going to have to play very close to the vest, and they're going to have to catch the ball. Secondly, this Kansas City team is going to have to uh, run the football with Isaiah Pacheco. I think uh, the weather conditions are going to be more conducive to run the football. And I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, if they're going to have to figure out a way to get Isaiah Pacheco going, to level out this, to open up the receivers more, um, and maybe bring down that safety to uh, bring him in the box to try and uh, slow down this run game from Kansas City's Chiefs. And as for the Buffalo Bills, what do the Bills need to do in order to walk away with a victory? Well, I think uh, it's going to be the running game. I think um, uh, Cook is going to have to have a, a big game as well. Uh, on the ground, I think the weather conditions are going to be going to tell going to be a thing, and Josh Allen's going to not not be able to make the big mistake that he's made traditionally in um, in the in the playoffs. Uh, I think he's a, he's a great quarterback, but he needs to I think play a little bit more close to the vest and at times uh, not be as much uh, more less Brett Favre and more um, you know uh, more of a uh, a guy that just can run an offense and not just be a, a super gunslinger. Um, Uses his legs to get a couple first downs. Uh, I think Josh Allen's going to be a big role, but I think um, it's going to be Cooks, the running back. He's going to have to have a good um, – he's going to have to have a really strong game. So those are your keys to the game. Um, who, do you, who do you have advancing from Kansas City and Buffalo? I have Kansas City. I just feel like they're a, their defense is, is really uh, taking it to the next level. I think Spags has got these guys playing very good, and I think – Buffalo is going to make a, a, a turnover at an inopportune time. Josh Allen's going to throw a crazy ball up there that's going to get picked off. And because of that, they're going to get a short field to the Kansas City Chiefs, and Kansas City is going to win this game. So you've got Kansas City going up against Baltimore. I, 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 don't, I don't have a, a conviction here. I, I, like, I'm just I'm shrugging my sh- shoulders. I really don't. I, I, I think, and we heard from Mike Tannenbaum, he thinks it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the wire. Whoever has the last possession, I'm with him. I believe that. I just, I just don't know. Um, has Kansas City's offense stepped up in the way that they've needed to in the last few weeks um, to, to, to be lockstep with Buffalo? Um, you, know, you, you know, you know Spags mm-hmm. as well. You know, mm-hmm. you know Spags going to have something up his sleeve for Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills, that's for sure. We do know that. I, you know, at the end of the day, regardless if it's Kansas City or Buffalo, are we both in agreement that the, that the Baltimore Ravens are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? I believe the Baltimore Ravens are, yeah, absolutely. I think they had a very slow first half, uh, which is normal for a team coming off of uh, who hasn't played for you know three weeks because of the, the resting of the last week of the season. And uh, the Niners showed it too, a little bit of rust uh, not having to play. But 34 points in the you know, to have uh, 24 points in the second half, that, uh, that shows me that this team is ready. So, so we both had Baltimore advancing to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the San Francisco 49ers, boy, close call with the Green Bay Packers, that's for sure. We've got Tampa going up against Detroit. Mike Tannenbaum thinks that the T- Tampa Bay Bucks are going to win this game in Detroit. Really unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my gut's telling me Detroit wins, but, but I think this is, is going to be a close one. I think this is going to be a nail-biter. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tampa Bay is you know up for two quarters, right? Like I, I like a lot, a lot of uh, changes, um, lead changes in this in this matchup. I, I'm not, I, I'm not totally. Like, 
I'm not totally sold that Detroit's going to win. My gut's telling me it's going to be Detroit, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's Tampa Bay. What say you? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Tampa Bay. I feel like Detroit is the better team. They're the more complete team. They're the more physical on both sides of the ball. Um, I, although Tampa has, you know, their defense has been, you know, really good down the stretch in terms of getting sacks, in terms of causing disruption. But I just feel like at the end of the day, um, uh, when the when Jameer Gibbs, when David Montgomery get rolling downhill, I think that's going to be the ultimate difference. And I, I just believe Jared Goff is going to be who's been there before. Uh, in a playoff game, took a team to a Super Bowl. I think his experience in these types of situations, what he did with the Rams, is going to translate over well for him uh, in what what he's going to do in in Detroit. I feel like, I I just feel like everything is set up for Detroit to not only win today, but represent the NFC in the championship. I I think the Detroit Lions are going to end up being victorious today, and they're going to win next week in San Francisco. Interesting. Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, listen, I wouldn't. I, here's the thing. I think Detroit has a better opportunity of upsetting the apple cart and beating the 49ers than Tampa Bay does. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I definitely do. I think that th- that would be the matchup that everybody wants to see as well. You know, you got a team that uh, is an upstart team who's never even. I don't think have they ever even been to a conference championship, Detroit? No, they haven't. I mean, they've won one. They've won two playoff games in like sixty years. So, I'm just going to bet on the side that they haven't <laughs> <laughs> went to a conference championship. Uh, but but it, but it's interesting. It's interesting that both of both of us listen. I I I thought going into that Green Bay game, I thought Green Bay was going to be the 49ers, and sure enough, they almost I did. I, I really thought Green Bay was going to be the like their their defense is. They've got the big names, uh, but very vulnerable against the run. And, and that's why if Detroit does advance, I think Detroit has a really good shot at beating the 49ers because of their rushing attack with a one-two punch with Gibbs and Montgomery. And I, I, re- I, re- I, really, I really do believe that. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. As of right now, uh, the odds makers believe that it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I disagree. I think Baltimore and, – and, so, and by the way, I, I've got Baltimore winning the championship. Do you as well? Yeah, i got Baltimore winning, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I've got Baltimore winning the Super Bowl this year. Who will they go up against? Will it be the 49ers? Will it be the Bucks? Will it be Detroit? Um, only time will tell. But, of course, we, we've jumped the gun. They've got to get past either Kansas City or the Buffalo Bills, which both Amani and I believe that they can. 800-919-3776. What say you? We get back. We'll also hear from Rich Samini with an update in regard to what's going on with the Jets this offseason. That next here on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Welcome back. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN with you for another 30 minutes. And uh, we got Rich Domini who joins us. Uh, talking a lot about, of course, the playoff games. Uh, but unfortunately, both the Giants and the Jets, not in the postseason, but off- also some offseason news surrounding both of them. So welcome in, Rich. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Thanks for having me, as usual. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. Always great to have you on. Appreciate it. Um, so uh, so first things first, you know, let, let's talk about, um, you know, the cap space here, because I, I you know, obviously, I, I think Joe D has got his work uh, really. Uh, he's going to he's going to be making, you know, earning all that money um, because he's got his work laid out for him here. Uh, cap space still stands at six point six million dollars. Who are some of the players that he'll be able to reach out to and restructure their deals to give them more wiggle room to work with this offseason? Yeah, um, the Jets don't have as many candidates as they've had in the past. You know, they restructured a bunch of guys last year. So, uh, I mean, but there's always places to go. Lake and Tomlinson is an obvious candidate at at left guard. Um, His roster spot is up in the air. You know, and with a $19 million cap charge, I would think he'd be a candidate for a pay cut. Quinton Williams um, obviously signed that huge deal in July, but his cap number is $20 million, and there's uh, an easy restructure there, you know, where they could save uh, save about $10 million. And there's other guys like C.J. Uzama, who's recovering from his surgery. Um, 11.2 is way too high for him. Uh, I don't think he'll be on the roster this year. I think they can get about $5.5 million by cutting him. At some point, and then of course, this is the Zach Wilson situation, uh, and I do think he will not be on the team. He'll either be cut or traded if they can find a team to trade for him, which might not be easy. Uh, it's five and a half million that he's due this year, so I don't think any team would be willing to take on that entire salary. The Jets might have to eat some of it, but you know, there's some more money they can get off their books. So by the time it's all said and done, I, I think they'll probably have probably in the thirty to forty million dollar range to to do some things in free agency. Uh, Anita just uh, brought up last uh, last block that um, uh, Garrett Wilson changed his number from seventeen to five. That got a whole bunch of people thinking maybe. Uh, Devonta Adams is is coming from the from the Raiders to join uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Is that uh, what, what do you think of that rumor? I think Amani that the the number changed and, and Adams is just purely a coincidence. I mean, Garrett Wilson has been eyeing his this numbers for over a year. I mean, it was his college number, and I think. He tried to get the process going about a year ago, but I, I think it was just it was a lot of red tape to get through, and I think the cost to him would have been uh, pretty exorbitant, you know, to switch numbers on short notice a year ago. But so he decided to wait it out and uh, and do it this year. So I think the fact that 
Adams is quote unquote available and where's the same at number 17 is just purely coincidence. Now, I think the more significant development, obviously, is Antonio Pierce getting the full time job in Las Vegas. I mean, you saw a few weeks ago Devontae Adams, along with Max Crosby, lobbying very strenuously publicly for, for Pierce to get the job. So no one knows for sure, but I mean, if you connect the obvious dots, it would seem to think that Adams is going to stay in Las Vegas and thereby ruining the, uh, the Rogers Adams reunion. You never say never in the NFL, but you have to believe that Devante is going to be quite happy to stay in, uh, in, with the Raiders. Uh, Rich Samini joining us here. Uh, he's got his uh, Jets podcast flight deck. Make sure you, uh, you definitely tune into that. Um, the uh, senior bowl is, is coming up both the giants and the jets in, in prime position right now, both of them drafting the top 10. Um, so, so important to have a real strong presence at the senior bowl so that you've got up close and personal look at a number of these players. Um, you know, so talk about the jets and the fact that, um, you know, they, they will have that right Their Um, their defensive coordinator is coaching the national team. Right. Jeff Albrick will be the, uh, head coach of the national team. And it's, it's good for the Jets on two levels. One, it's good for Jeff Ulbrich because it gets him a lot of exposure. Ulbrich, who's done a really good job with the Jet defense the last couple of years, has made it clear that he'd like to be a head coach one day. And so this gets him some exposure. Um, and it also, from a scouting standpoint, you know, it, and by the way, Ulbrich didn't, wasn't only handed that job. You know, you have to be uh, nominated and you have to go through a process. And he was picked over. Uh, I think about at least a dozen or a dozen and a half other candidates. So good for him. And for, from a Jet team perspective, it gives them a set of eyes and ears, uh, you know, in the meeting rooms, you know, in the practices, behind the scenes. And look, you know, all the Jet scouts and personnel people are going to be in Mobile, obviously. But when you have a coach who's dealing with the players on a one-to-one basis, you know, out of the view of scouts and personnel people, that's a real help. I think it helped the Jets a couple of years ago when their entire coaching staff was in Mobile coaching the game. And I was there that week, and they were just soaking it up, you know, getting a lot of intel, and they ended up drafting a couple of players, you know, Jeremy Ruckert and Jermaine Johnson. Johnson was not on the team they coached, but, you know, having been there all week, I think they got a really good feel for Jermaine Johnson and ended up picking him in the first round, so it worked out. Uh, And so they'll have that again with Jeff Ulbrich. Not the whole coaching staff, just Ulbrich, but – you know that's one pair of eyes that can help them in the scouting process. You know the you know the Jets roster better than everyone anyone. Also, you know uh, what they they need um, to. Uh, you know, they, we know Aaron Rodgers is coming back, so it's going to change the entire landscape of the team. But what do you what direction would you take this team uh, with your first pick in the top ten? Would you go for a quarterback and have him sit like Love did, or sit like uh, Rodgers did? Uh, under Aaron Rodgers, or would you go for uh, some offensive line help? Where, where, where do you think this Jets team needs to go uh, in, in this draft to set them up for next season? Uh, three directions, Amani: Offense, offense, and offense. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you, you're, if you're a Jet uh, you know, scout or personnel guy or Joe Douglas or Robert Sala, you're hoping for an offensive tackle. Uh, this pipeline, they're, they, they've got no guys in the pipeline. I mean, they have Carter Warren, 
who came in last year as a fourth-round pick. He played close to 400 snaps. He did an okay job, and I think they view him as probably a backup. Um, I think Makai Becton is going to be a free agent. Uh, I'd say chances are he will be elsewhere. Um, I wouldn't cl- totally close the door on him, but I, I think chances are he's going to be moving on in free agency. So you have to get an offensive tackle. You have to invest some sort of significant resource, whether it's a big contract in free agency or a high draft pick in an offensive tackle. The offensive line was a mess last year. We don't have to – I could throw out all the stats, but I think all the listeners know, anybody who watches football knows what it was like for the Jets last year, uh, blocking for their quarterbacks. You know, the fact that Brees Hall got 994 rushing yards is, is like a, a near miracle considering the offensive line in front of him. And so that would be the choice. You know, there's, there's two, well, two definitely real good ones. And, you know, perhaps three. So I, I would bet heavily right now, Anita, if you're thinking of uh, offensive tackle <laughs> at number 10 w- would be would be the choice right there. And quarterback is an interesting conversation simply because, hey, look, we saw what the, the upside of drafting a quarterback and keeping him on the bench. We, you saw it with Jordan Love this year. The guy sits for three years behind Rodgers, comes in, and looks like a top 10 quarterback. And I think that's the plan you'd like to follow, ideally. But I I don't know if that plan matches up to where the Jets are in their process right now. Because to draft a quarterback at 10, you'd be removing a player that could help Rodgers now. And the Jets are very much in win-now mode. But I do think the Jets could take a quarterback on the, um, you know, probably the third day of the draft, you know, after the third round. Again, Rich Tamini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, I've been saying this, and and we kind of heard Joe D allude to this in regard to the backup quarterback position and how important I think that is going to be heading into this season, right? Uh, Some of the names that will be available out there that we're anticipating, Jacoby Brissett, Drew Locke, Tyrod Taylor, maybe, uh, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, uh, Ryan Tannehill. I love Gardner Minshew. Uh, You know, how... Do, do you believe what we heard from um, from Joe D and that they are going to make sure that they bring in, you know, a very solid veteran quarterback that, God forbid, anything else happens again to Aaron Rodgers, there'll be somebody who can perform better than Zach Wilson? Yeah, it was a, uh, you know, it was a uh, massive miscalculation by the Jets and Joe Douglas, you know, to, you know, to go... I mean, at the end of the year last year, they, they came out and said that, you know, basically Wilson needs a redshirt year, yet they made him the number two. And granted, worst-case scenario happens, fourth snap of the year, he has to play. Um, you never anticipate something like that, but it, it became apparent after a few weeks that, that that just wasn't going to work. So, yes, Anita, I do think the Jets will be involved with uh, basically all of the names you just mentioned. I think they're going to go high-end shopping for backup quarterbacks. Uh, Minshew and uh, Jacoby Brissett are two names I would certainly watch out for. Um, you know, what's going to happen to Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee? Is he going to be able to get a starting job somewhere? Um, you know, maybe where Mike Rabel ends up. Uh, maybe he follows him there. I don't know. But if he can't get a starting job, I think he would be a guy to watch out for. You know, the Jets, of course, their passing game coordinator, Todd Downing, came from Tennessee. So there's that connection. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be released, I would think, by by the Raiders. You know, maybe there's you know a hookup there, but it's definitely an area the Jets have to uh, be willing to spend for. 
and uh, get get the top of the market type of guy. But it's gonna it's not easy though because if you're Gardner now Gardner Minshew is probably the best of that bunch. I think you would probably agree on that. But like if you're Gardner Minshew, why would you want to come to the Jets? And and you know you're not going to play unless there's another injury to Rodgers. There's no chance of Rodgers being benched, obviously. So if you're Minshew, you probably want to go to a team with a younger quarterback and you could become a bridge quarterback again like he was in, in, in Indianapolis. So that's that's the hard part of finding uh, finding a backup. It's not only the money, it's the opportunity for the player. So attracting a big-name guy isn't always easy when, when your starter is named Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that quarterback room is going to be very interesting in terms of uh... – you know, you got to bring somebody who's good enough to play, but yet not good enough to upset Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers, <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be a well, tough. Well, that's true too. I mean, yeah. you're looking for you're looking for uh, some chemistry there, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why they were leaning. You know, they were so sold on Zach because you know Zach and Rodgers had a relationship. And then they brought in Tim Boyle, who had a friendship with Rodgers from Green Bay. And we all know how it worked out with Boyle. You know, he was gone two weeks after he had a chance to start. And so, yeah, it was it was an unmitigated disaster this year, the backup quarterback room. But when you get a – I mean, none of those guys we've talked about, you know, from Brissett, you know, to, uh, you know, maybe Minshew. If Aaron Rodgers goes down again in the first week, I mean, you know, the season is probably finished anyway. So, and that goes for most teams in the league. I think you're looking for a backup. You know, if he had to go in for three or four games, could keep the season alive for those three or four games. There are really no backups in the league where if they became the starter for like more than 10, 11, 12 games, that is going to carry your team. Now, Minshew did this year, so kudos to him, but that's unusual. So, for a backup guy, you're looking for a. Well, Flacco came in at the end, yeah. and and you know, and, and hats off to Flacco. What he did was was really a cool story. Yeah, but that wouldn't have happened with the Jets behind their offensive line. There's no chance that that would have happened with Flacco. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you're you're trying to get the best guy you can who could keep you afloat. You know, for three or four weeks, if your starter goes down, if your starter goes down for the season, you're, you're probably screwed. Absolutely. Uh, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You got it. No, I was just going to say before we let him go, I was just going to ask him from some final thoughts. But it, but if you have a more specific question, by all means, Amani. No, I was just going to you know generally kind of say what 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 is the fan bases or what do you think the overall perception of Robert Sala is right now after as the dust settles uh, at, on the season. Uh, you think the fans or you think that uh, the front office, uh, how are they feeling about the decision that they made to uh, to keep their guy? Well, I think the Jets are happy with their decision. I mean, they were pretty proactive about it coming out with, what, three games left in the year mm-hmm. and making that announcement. Um, but, you know, from what I gather from the fan base and, you know, and all I can base that on is what I hear on the radio and and some stuff on my timeline uh, on social media. You know, Robert Sala is not a popular guy right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say he's in the Adam Gase territory because I, in terms of popularity, because that was about as low as I've ever seen for any Jet head coach. But, you know, Sala's definitely, the, the seat is hot. 
you know, and that goes for Joe Douglas too. And I think both of those gentlemen know that, you know, given what their record is, I mean, Salah's 18 and 33 as a head coach. And it is very rare in the NFL for a coach to go to a team, start out with three losing seasons and get a fourth season. It's, it's only happened, I think eight or nine times in the last 30 years. And the last coach to actually go through that three straight losing seasons and then make the playoffs with that team. You got to go back to Bill Belichick in the early nineties with the Cleveland Browns. We all, you know, got off to a rough start there, but in the fourth year he made the playoffs. And so that's the last coach to do it. So, so Sal is trying to put it, you know, to do something that hasn't been done in 30 years to go to the playoffs in his fourth year after three straight losing years. So it's going to be difficult uh, they have a good roster. If Rodgers is healthy, I think they'll be right in the mix. But there's really no margin for error for Roger, Robert Sala because if it goes sideways again this year, we know what's going to happen. Um, Rich, always a pleasure having you on the program. Really do appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the games today. You, you got it. You got it. All Thanks, right. Uh, we've got you locked and loaded for today. Also got you up to speed on the Giants and the Jets. Uh, we come back, Justin and Tom River. Uh, we'll get your call and also some final thoughts as we pass the baton on to uh, Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs next here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Final countdown New York Game Day. Anita Marks, Amani Toomer with you for another five minutes. Um, before our final thoughts, let's go out to our phone lines. We've got Justin and Tom's River standing by. Justin, welcome in. Hey, thanks, Anita. Thanks for taking my phone call, as always. I'll make it quick. You know, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping you guys were going to ask with, uh, with Bryce Huff, with the Jets coming back. You know, the Jets really need to have him you know, resign him. And if not, the Jets cannot allow him to walk out the door for nothing. You know, as a Jet fan, you know, the guy's one of the best pure pass rushers in the league and a double-digit sack guy, which doesn't grow on trees. But uh, my question for you is, you know, I don't get why the public's still on the Bills today. You know, Josh Allen, obviously, he's a great quarterback. It's obviously the marquee matchup with Mahomes and him. But, you know, when you're overcoming that or that hurdle of, in the playoffs, getting to a Super Bowl, that, that's a major drag in a sleigh. And, you know, and granted, the Chiefs' offense isn't the same as, as it's always been. But the Chiefs have a defense and they have a, a method of winning with that defense and that running game. And you still have Patrick Mahomes under center. Amani? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why people are on the Bills as well. I, I'm not uh, – I, I think there's such things uh, as championship medal, and um, I don't know if the Buffalo Bills have that. They've underachieved for ye- for decades. And, you know, go- losing four back-to-back um, Super Bowls, That I, I don't know how that affects today, but it just seems like something uh, that the Bills – if for some reason that organization can't get over the hump, and I don't think they're going to get over the hump today versus the Kansas City Chiefs. You just don't believe in you. You think um, Josh Allen's going to turn the ball over? You just don't think that he's going to be able to to make yeah, it like, happen, right? Like guys like Josh Allen are very talented players, but do not uh, you know he, he he put them in position to win uh, you know a couple of years ago, but I don't know. I just I, I just there's something I need to see in Josh Allen in the clutch um, in a big, meaningful game that, um, you know, he, he has to put him, put the whole team on his back and not make the crucial mistake. I think he's one of those guys that tries to put too much on his shoulders at times and, uh, and, and comes up short. 
Um, I, I hear you. I'm listen. At the end of the day, I just want a good game. <laughs> Me too. Like it's been bad. At the end it of really the day, Amani, been, right? I just want to go. I feel like I feel like th- this postseason, along with the regular season, has just been humdrum. Yeah. You know, listen. You've been you've been you've been doing the show with me now all season long, and I feel mm-hmm. like each and every week we're sitting here, we're talking about, okay, well, what what games on the slate are we excited about? You know, I, I feel like more this year more than ever there was the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And not a lot of middle ground. And because of that, I just I, I felt like a lot of these matchups were few, few and far between. Where unless I was gambling and had money on them, I, I wasn't thrilled to watch them. And then now we're seeing it play out here in the postseason. Again, as outside of the Rams-Lions game and last night's Packers-49ers game, we really haven't had great games. And I, I, I'm just... I'm hoping that the Bucks could stay lockstep offensively with the Lions. I do. I believe that they can. I'm hoping that it'll be a good one at three o'clock. And you know, and and there's a reason why Kansas City and the Bills was saved for last. We always save the best for last, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, we're all, a lot of us are expecting that to be the best game, right? Yeah, I think so too. And one of the things that I don't like is I don't like when games are lost and not won. And when I watched the Green Bay Packers game last night, that game was lost, and it wasn't won in terms of the kicker missed the field goal, then there's the love through the interception towards at the end. That, to me, was a loss that that they just just dropped the – they spit the bit. Um, And, and, you know, even in the Rams game, I felt like – I don't know. I just felt. I just feel like there's the, the games that I really like watching are the games that are close and a team goes out there and definitively beats a team. No mistakes were made. No calls. No, uh, no penalties. No delays. No, no overturn. It's it's all when the team goes out there and, and, and wins a game. And two years ago, I think it was twenty. Uh, not two years ago. Not last year, but the playoffs before last. It was so good that I was like, I don't think I'll ever see another playoffs this good. And and uh, at least I appreciated it then because right now we're not seeing the playoff, the uh, caliber play uh, that we did in, 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 in the, the two years ago. No. And, and again, like I'm not surprised because really this has been the storyline all season long, right? Uh, it, it really has. Anyway, uh, like I always say, great waking up with you and Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, always fun to do the show and, and getting folks ready each and every Sunday for their football. It's kind of bittersweet. Because we're in that stage where it's the playoffs, really exciting time, but also you kind of know that it's slowly but surely coming to an end. This is New York Game Day, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Infinity. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an Xfinity QX60 crossover at XfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com.